What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, ATH. This is the undisputed murder king, Steve Burr. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Bondo. This is Bobby Fish, one half of Red Dragon. This is the hit book, Red Titus. And you're listening to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast on ROHworld.com? They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 109 of the ROH Cast. My name is Harry. I am the web designer and co owner of rohworld.com and I've just realized that web designer of rohworld.com means nothing anymore now that it's just a forum. <laughs> I needed well, it. you designed the forum, did you not? Oh, that's true, that is true. Okay. And that other voice you're hearing is the American Bearded Nightmare, John. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Another week of the A-Team. I don't, I don't know if we need, even need to announce that at this point. No, we're the only team at this point. This is episode 109, so it has been... Ten, ten weeks straight. Longer. His ninety-eight was his last one, so I think yeah, ten weeks straight of just the eighteen. Do we have any more updates on Stephen? They don't even care at this point. I don't know. We've had no questions about him. No, I haven't heard anything. Last time I heard, he was in pants off, dance off prison, waiting for his trial to get underway. Wow. Hopefully that's. I, the last I believe they have him on lockdown because he was trying to organize some kind of some kind of underground underground prison gang there. Trying to add to the numbers of the stuffing crotches for undersized manliness, but he—I don't think he got too far with that in prison. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's gone because he—he he just talked too much, didn't he? I absolutely couldn't stand that. He just never stopped talking. Um, so who this. To, who wants to hear people talk on a podcast? <laughs> um, this week, believe it or not, we actually have a lot of Ring of Honor shows to talk about that both of us have seen. This is a new, rejuvenated ROH cast. Um, since Stephen left. Have you noticed that? When Stephen left, we actually started watching the shows, <laughs> both of us, for some reason. Um, so we're going to kick things off by talking about the latest Ring of Honor on SBG TV show from October 12th. And believe it or not, it wasn't Road Rage. I don't know how many weeks it's been of Road Rage because they showed the entire title tournament, didn't they? They did. They shared every match from the title tournament. It lasted well over a month on television. Definitely. Maybe even two. I wouldn't be surprised if it was two months of Road Rage. It's, it's been a while. Um, so, this is the first show from... Well, the follow-up, rather, from Death Before Dishonor, XI-11. And the show began with a recap of Adam Cole winning the belt. So, what I was expecting... I'd read the spoilers, but I'd kind of forgotten the, the order of when stuff happened. I thought it was going to kick off with Adam Cole which would have made sense, but it kicked off with Adam Page versus ACH, which seems like a weird... To me, Like it, it felt disconnected instantly from Death for Dishonor because you'd expect Cole to come out instantly to celebrate about how great he is, but that he wasn't even on the show at all. Is that strange to anyone else? I thought that was very weird. I thought Adam Cole would start the show off bragging about everything he did, and they had the second segment of the show be... Nigel McGinnis hyping up the upcoming Glory by Honor main event of the Championship vs. All-Stars. Mm. And I figured they would have that start off the show with Adam Cole kind of boasting about what he did at Death Before Dishonor, how he won the title, mm. and then have Michael Elgin come out and then 
maybe Nigel McGuinness would be would say, well, Michael Logan, you'll have your chance to earn another title shot if you pin Adam Cole at Glory by Honor. And by the way, this is the main event. I I, I thought that'd be a lot more effective than just. But, but- they could have yeah kicked off the show with that segment, but somehow worked Adam Cole into it because I think it was very strange that the first show after Death Before Dishonor just doesn't feature the new champion whatsoever. And especially because... when his new persona is him just bragging about how he's so much better than everybody else. Yeah, and how he's number one, and then he just takes a week off. It's very because there was no sort of mention of him at all. Like, oh, he refuses to come out here until something happens or whatever. But he's not until week two, just. Very strange, in my opinion. Um, but the show began with Adam Page defeating ACH. To many people's surprise, he countered a crossbody from the top and sort of rolled through and uh, picked up the win that way. Um, I actually quite enjoyed this. It was a fun five-minute match. It was what you could really get out of a five-minute match, to be honest. And I've got no complaints whatsoever about it. I completely agree. They both got in all their high spots that they usually hit. And mm. I was surprised at first that Adam Page won, but the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Because Adam Page is getting a singles push, albeit a small one, but he is getting pushed. And ACH is primarily a tag team wrestler, so it makes sense for the singles guy to go over the tag team guy. And the way the match ended, it didn't hurt ACH one bit. It, it just made him look like he yeah. got caught. So, overall, I, I really enjoyed this match. Mm. What, what do you think about Adam Page? I like him. I don't. I, I think he. It will take some time to get groomed. I think yeah. it will take a little while for him to really rise up the card. But mm. I think he is somebody with a lot of potential. The one thing about him that really annoys me. Go on. Okay. His character. He's from Virginia. His character is the hat, isn't it? He's like a. He, he's kind of yeah. He, he's like agricultural major, I believe, from the from Virginia Tech. Right. He's basically a good old like kind of like a Southern boy, a, a hardworking blue collar Southern boy. You're from the South? What? Is his, <laughs> his theme song sounds like it'd be for a surfer guy. There's a major disconnect between his theme <laughs> interest music and his persona, and that really bugs me. I, I, I do like Adam Page from what I've seen of him in the ring, but I kind of feel he needs a ma- mouthpiece or something. Someone at least, to, start, talk at least to, him. to start his career out because yeah. he has potential in the ring, but he's not the most charismatic guy yet. No, that promo he did with R.D. Evans at what was it, Death for Designer, was a bit awkward, and he hasn't really spoke since then. He's just sort of his character is his hat, so he needs to he needs to sort of either get some sort of character or have someone speak for him. I don't know who. Um, I, I don't know what they could do, but I feel like he needs someone in his corner speaking for him to maybe sort of get him over a bit. But who knows, maybe they'll just let the in-ring stuff speak for him. We'll have to wait and see. Um, then we get to the segment we've briefly touched on. Uh, Nigel McGuinness was in the ring to announce the main event for Death for, uh, sorry, for Glory Banner 12, um, which takes place October 26th. Um, was it me? Or... It just felt like there was a botch coming any second when he was trying to explain the convoluted rules of that match. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, from what I recall, Michael Elgin was out first because he was introduced as the first all-star of the team. And whoever, did this, you know, gave the spoilers of these out, the reports, and put them online for people to use who were at the event, they got it all wrong, didn't they? <laughs> because they never said that you can pin any champion to get a top shot, which is all the reports were coming out of Baltimore. So that was uh, not Baltimore, Philadelphia. 
Um, so that was strange. But yeah, they were very specific about only Adam Cole getting pinned. Yeah, so perhaps one of the fans was maybe writing notes and misheard that. I don't know. That's that's the thing though. When spoilers, you can never be, especially with promo segments. There's always something that's slightly off with them. Um, so yeah, they announced the match that we've talked about before. Michael Elgin's on the All Star team, and obviously we know that Jay Lethal and CNC are the other All Stars. Um, Jay Briscoe came out and basically demanded to be on the All Star team. But Nigel said he's still injured. I didn't. I thought he was better now. I thought that's why he, he came back. I I thought so too. But apparently he will be medically cleared five days before Glory by Honor. Okay. So maybe he was healthy enough to hand a belt over, but not healthy right. enough to actually get in the ring. Maybe that super kick re-injured him. What is his injury? Oh, it's his shoulder, isn't it? Yeah, and I remember. Was it? I can't remember if it was on this show. Or if it was on Charm City Challenge, where either McGinnis or Kevin Kelly were talking about how Briscoe could re-injure his shoulder picking up his baby. And I thought that was really weird. <laughs> yeah, that might have been... Um, I think that was the TV this week. There was there was, there was was a match and he said, oh, he couldn't re-injure himself picking up your baby. <laughs> These deadly babies that might injure you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? The Ring of Honor World Champion has been injured by a baby and has to vacate the belt. Um, then so the baby th- runs through the tournament. <laughs> so everybody tries you... to pick him up. They just, they just throw their shoulders out. <laughs> Baby's the new world champ. It's cutie Marshall all along in disguise. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of wearing a diaper in the ring. This has gone out of control already, this podcast. We're talking about Cutie Marshall in a diaper, or a nappy as we'd call it over here. Um, This segment ends with Briscoe and Elgin having to be separated by security. It's funny that the security had appeared before any fight had even broken out. Um, What what did you think of this segment? I think we've talked about the match, and obviously we'll preview it next week, but what did you think about this and where it leads forward with the world title scene? I thought this segment itself was fine. I'm not overly excited about Michael Elgin and Jay Briscoe continuing to be in the title picture as it looks like we're heading towards a three-way main event for final battle. Mm. But I thought the segment itself was very effective for what it was trying to do. Yeah. I think, yeah, it built up the tension between those two. I think it would have been good to have Adam Cole somehow involved, um, even if only very briefly. You know, he could be interrupted by Elgin instantly and run away or something, but... I think yeah. it'd be I think it'd be interesting to kind of have Adam Cole pull the strings between them and have Elgin and Jay Briscoe focus their attention on each other instead of yeah. on Adam Cole. Because that's I'm not sure how that would be possible. It's but. sort of happening, but without any any of Cole's involvement. I think that would be a good thing to sort of bring into this story because they've still got time. I'm assuming the payoff for this is going to be final battle, a three way match. So there is time for that dissension to sort of uh, to happen and be brought in. So the next match was Mike Mondo making a return. Is that? I feel like I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah, this was his first match in quite a while. Actually, he was on Manhattan Mayhem Five. Now that I think about it, but this was his first TV match in a good yeah. while. So he, I don't know why he's changed his look to be extremely generic. He's just shaved his hair and he's got plain black trunks. He looks like the default core in WWE games. Maybe he's like sponsored by WWE 2K14, so he has to like dress as the default core or something. Um, and he's, he even changes music. Did you notice? He doesn't have all the quotes in it anymore. 
It starts off with the quote, so I kind of stopped paying attention after that. Yeah, no, I actually specifically listened. I was like, oh, let's hear these other quotes, and they're all gone. There's no it's good check time or whatever the other ones were. Boom. Nope, that was gone. This is very disappointing. Um, so this was... I don't know. Can you call it a squash match for Roderick Strong against Mike Mondo? It was pretty much a squash match. It, Strong was very, very dominant in this one, surprisingly, and it was over very quickly, which shows how far Mondo has fallen because didn't he have a really competitive match with Strong was it late last year at one of the pay-per-views? Was that really at, injured? At Boiling Point, he had the uh, the competitive match. No, he got injured against Mike Bennett at Glory yes. Honor last year, actually. Yes, yeah. He did have a... Yeah, because that was when he was sort of being mega-pushed, wasn't it? And now he's sort of become one of these guys who appears on TV to lose, which is the opposite end of where he used to be. So that's very strange. Um, then afterwards, we get a promo by Roderick Strong talking about his accomplishments during his 10 years with the Ring of Honor and how he's been the most consistent performer on the roster. This came across more as a heel promo than a face promo. Really? I thought so. It seems like to me heels brag about everything they've done in their career. Uh, I don't know, because the way he was doing it was about how, I think he was saying how good Ring of Honor is or something, how proud he is to be there. Did he say that or am I just imagining it? A lot of wrestlers say that. He said he was happy or proud or lucky to wrestle in the best company in the world for the last decade. Yeah. But then kind of saying he was, he's been on top of that company mm. makes me think that he was being overly uh, brodacious. Is that a word? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> um, so then we get to martial law in the ring where Vader Scott said they were victims of assault at the hands of Outlaw Inc. at Manhattan Mayhem 5 which then leads to a match between the two teams, which was very, very quick. They were put away almost instantly. They, they were sort of attacked. Outlaw Inc. didn't get a proper entrance. The, the brawl just started straight away. And uh, Outlaw Inc. used their tag team finishing move, which is sort of a... How would they describe that? It's like a doomsday device put into a bulldog instead, instead of the clothesline. No? Yeah, th- yeah. Yes, yes, that's exactly how I describe it. I'm trying to remember, didn't a tag team in WCW used to do this? Was it the Steiner Brothers? Yeah, I think it was the Steiner Brothers, because they broke Buff Bagwell's neck. There we go. What a great move to start using, if that's really happened. If, um, if, if we're talking about broken necks, I'm sure Maria would be really happy to hear that. We'll, we'll talk about that when we discuss um, Charm City Challenge in a little bit. Um, so yeah, Outlaw Inc. quickly dispatched of Martial Law, which... Haven't they done that before? Manhattan Mayhem, they beat him up there? Kind of. Kind of. That was more of a regular match. Right. Which kind of put a big damper on their debut. Mm. When this is exactly what should have happened at Manhattan Mayhem. Just a quick disposal of the jobber tag team. Um, So after the match, they broke Hardy Evans' fingers once again. And they said that they were there for the Red Dragons. So yep. That, yep, that then brought us to our... Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. First they said they're not going to leave until Red Dragon comes out. Then after the commercial break, they're not in the ring anymore. Well, Kevin Kelly claimed that it took an army of security and referees to move them. So well, they, really, they, only, they still back down from their, from their promise. <laughs> Uh, so then we cut to our main event, which is for the Ring of Honor Television Championship, as Matt Taven def- successfully 
defended against the man formerly known as unbeatable, Jay Lethal. Um, the match, just as it was about to begin, Jay Lethal pretended to be tripped up by Truth Martini, and he actually fooled me because I was eating my dinner at the time. I looked down at my plate, looked back up, and he fell over, and I, I was blaming Martini. And he, did, <laughs> he completely swerved me. Um, That's like a straight-up... So you're pretty much just like Todd Sinclair then. Yes. I've, hey, I've been called Todd Sinclair before by Prince Nana, so... <laughs> Are you Todd Sinclair? <laughs> or someone else of that nature. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Truth Martini and the Hotties were all kicked out of ringside. Which got a massive boo from the crowd. Yes. Nigel wasn't happy either. He wanted one of the hooplas to be with him, one of the hoopla Hotties. He did say something quite amusing that, what's the name of Matt Taven's girlfriend? He said that she was deeply invested in Matt Taven or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then called and then called Truth Willy Wanker. That was uh, Nigel's two jokes of the evening. Um, so they were quickly booted out to the back. We then got a very good TV title main event. Very good match. Um, and was this Matt Taven's best match as champion? I I can't comment because I don't think I've seen them all. But from the ones I remember, yes. I can't remember a better one. Perhaps that. What about that three-way he had with Davey and Strong? That was quite good. That was Yeah, that was good. But I, for some reason, this match is just sticking out in my mind as his best match since capturing the title back at the 11th anniversary show. It's been that long. Wow, long time. So, And this is exactly the kind of match he needed to really give himself the credibility. Because yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people complain that he's only winning because of Truth Martini and Hoopla Hotties. Well, he did it on his own and did it completely clean against... Jay Lethal, which is a big, big deal. Yeah, it's a huge win. Not only does he retain the title by himself, but he gets a win over a huge star in Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal. So it's a, a win all round. And I'm glad they actually did this on TV because I believe they've done this a few times at some of the B shows, the house shows, where the, the Hoopla Hotties are sent to the back and Taven does it on his own. But for it to actually happen on TV is a first from what I'm aware. So... It's, it's definitely good to see that, and it's addressing the complaints that everyone's had with Taven's reign. So um, it looks like they're definitely building him up, which is a good thing, and who knows what will happen next We're, with Taven. It could possibly be facing Champa at final battle if Champa wins that four-way, so we'll have to wait and see there. Uh, that brings an end to this week's Ring of Honor on SBG TV show. It's the first, after, first fresh episode after all this road rage. What did you think overall? Would you recommend it? I would recommend the main event. I thought about yes. half the show was good, and the other half was completely skippable. So watch the opening 10 minutes, and then like the last 20 minutes, and you'll see everything you need to see. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Put the show on from the start, maybe skip when Mondo comes out, and just skip to the main event, and you'll see everything. Um, so that wraps up the TV, and now we're going to talk about Charm City Challenge, which took place in Baltimore, on October the 5th, we recapped the results last week, I believe, or the week before. Um, and now we've both... Well, I've seen all of it apart from the main event. That's the best I could do, which is a lot better than normal. And John has seen all of it and will be writing a full review on ROHworld.com very soon. Unless he forgets that last time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> thank you to... I forgot the guy's name. We received a review for A New Dawn from Brett Chandler sent in a review of A New Dawn that we uh, put on the 
website over the last week. We actually re- both watched the show and talked about it on the podcast last week, but then forgot to, <laughs> he forgot to write a review. So luckily we do have one up if you want to uh, check that out on the website. So now we're going to talk about Charm City Challenge, which began with Eddie Edwards defeating Adam Page with the Die Hard. So what did you think of the opener? I think it was a good opener. I think these are the matches that Adam Page should be put in because he's still a relatively inexperienced wrestler with yeah. a ton of talent. And to go in there with somebody, the caliber of Eddie Edwards will only make Page better and will only speed up his improving process. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and for the opener, I thought this was very good for what they had to work with. Yeah. It's good to see the, the, the fun Eddie Edwards we've seen recently where he was using the ringside crew to sort of throw him around so he could do a drop kick, I believe it was. And yeah, it was it was a good opener. No sort of complaints about it. I think it's just good for Adam Page to be in there with guys like this so he can just learn and get better. So yeah, all, all good. Then we got to a four-corner survival match. Oh, we should probably talk about the commentary. Kevin we Kelly was... Could. Yeah, that's sort of the highlight of the night. Um, Kevin Kelly was on his own for most of the show, but he was joined by a lot of guest commentators, which is something I liked a lot. I think it's a good thing that they bring out these guys to do commentary for some of the matches, and it sort of distracts you from from Kevin Kelly a bit, doesn't it? Just a bit, and they usually do a good job, the color commentary. Some of them aren't that good, which I'll get to later, but for the most part, I think they do. the wrestlers do a good job filling in. Now, you've been taking notes, haven't you, on this? Have you got those with you? I took notes for everything but the last two matches. Okay, well, that's all right, because I'm going off the spoiler, the results, rather, from the arena, so the very limited notes here, I'm trying to go off pure memory. Um, then we had, yeah, the four-corner survival match actually had Vader Scott on commentary, if I remember correctly, who was talking about um, Steve Carino a lot and how he should be on commentary and talking about martial law and outlaw Inc. Um, the four-corner survival saw Roderick Strong successfully defeat Tadarius Thomas, Antonio Thomas, and Caprice Coleman when he tapped out Antonio Thomas with the stronghold. Um, I thought this match was okay. There were spots where I was enjoying it, but then there were certain times where it felt like there was, I don't know, communication issues where stuff didn't go as planned. I think it was a lot between uh, Caprice and Tadarius. There were just some weird interactions between those two that, I don't know, it just didn't seem to flow well at certain points. I don't know what you think. I agree. I thought this match had potential to be very good, but it was just an okay match. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, Tadarius Thomas, and he had a couple of really awkward botches. There's a point where Roderick Strong tried to Irish whip him into the corner, and he just slipped off Strong's whip and kind of just stood there for a minute. <laughs> and there's the part where everybody's on the outside, or Strong and Antonio Thomas were on the outside. Yeah, this is the one I remember. And Tadarius Thomas tried to, I guess, kick Caprice Coleman in the chest and use that momentum to flip over the rope. Yeah. He tried it once, didn't flip. Tried again, didn't flip. He tried to flip on on his own, didn't flip. And they just kind of <laughs> had to do an awkward punching sequence. And then he just went outside the ring. He just got he just got chucked out by Caprice in the end. Um, yeah, there's weird things like that happened in this match that sort of affected the flow and took away from the match itself a bit. But it was okay, but it definitely had the potential to be better, I think, with the guys you had in there. Uh, then we got to... Oh, this was the favorite bit of the show. So I'd... Sorry. Vader Scott grabbed the mic and started talking about Steve Carino 
and the empty space on the commentary booth, which desperately needs filling by Carino. Um, and then we have the scary Outlaw Inc. music come on as she was quickly chased away by Outlaw Inc. And then they proceeded to... Well, Eddie Kingston, I don't know how you describe what he did to Kevin Kelly, but it was amazing. Gave him a back hug? That's one way to describe it. It's the sort of thing that could be happening to Steven if he drops the soap where he is right now. That's all I'll say. <laughs> it's just the noise Kevin Kelly made. Kevin Kelly sounded like he was really constipated. That's 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 the only way to describe it. I kind of wish I had the audio queued up, but I'd have to like skip through the event trying to find it on the site. But um, maybe I'll get that audio queued up for the for the listeners next week. So after they, after Outlaw Inc. Harassed. Have their way with Kevin Kelly. <laughs> yes. Um, they then had a match with the Blackout. Um, was there any? Was there, there wasn't a guest commentator for this one, was there? If I remember I correctly. Don't believe so. I I can't remember one. No. Um. So yeah, this was the Blackout. Obviously, were filling in for Monster Mafia, was it? Who are having visa issues? Yes. Um. Oh, we've seen them before. Was it last year? They had some matches, I think, with the Briscoes. They were, they, yes, they and they were part of the tag team title tournament. <laughs> oh, no, that yeah, I, I completely forgot that existed until like ten <laughs> seconds ago. Um, this match was okay. I it, thought it was decent. It, I thought it, it was an it was okay enjoy- filler match. It, it was an enjoyable match. Yeah, it was. Um, it was all going well, I think, until the finish, which was. Very, very botched. Um, they tried to do the Steiner Brothers move we talked about earlier on um, Black G's, but it just went horribly wrong and just looked terrible. Yeah, looked... I don't know what was going on because it looked like Kingston couldn't get G's up on his shoulders. Yeah. Which shouldn't be a problem because he's not the biggest guy in the world. So he just sort of lifted him up as if he was doing a backdrop sort of and just held him there. And then Homicide came to try and do the bulldog, but he just sort of collided into him and they just dropped him. It kind of looked like what would happen if little kids at home tried to attempt the move. Just completely botched. And if you're a little kid listening at home, try it and record it and send it into us. <laughs> hey, if they get injured, sue John, not me. Um, so then we got to a promo by the new Ring of Honor World Champion, Adam Cole, who came up with his fancy new theme music and entrance. What did you think of the uh, the new Cole in his suit? I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm always I'm always terrible at remembering promos. I remember that he talked about how he's number one in all of wrestling. Now he won the belt, and he talked about Jokoff banning Jay Briscoe from the building, and he was then interrupted by Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong basically wanted a title shot. He said that they're Three all in their series of matches. They've both got three wins against one another. They want to have a. He wants to have a deciding match number seven tonight to see who's the the better man. Adam Cole refused. Told him to get back in line. But Roderick Strong had already been to Nigel McGuinness and booked the match. So I don't know why he was asking for a title match. If he and, I also, and, I, and since he already had the match, why they made an announcement a little bit later in the show that seemed completely pointless. We'll get. We'll talk about that now. Actually, after this segment, um, Strong and Cole. Well, Cole went to hit Strong with the belt, but Strong ducked and then started beating him up, and Cole escaped. Um, 
obviously at this point there'd been no official announcement of the main event. There's just been strong claiming that Nigel had booked the match. So for the next couple of matches, Kevin Kelly was like, oh, we don't know if we've got a title match for the main event. And then <laughs> Larry Legend, or what's his new name? Larry Larry Mercer. Why did they change Larry Legend to I, I, what I'm assuming is his real name? Larry Legend sounds so cool. Um, so Larry Legend was doing uh, the ring announcing for the evening, and he was going to reveal that the title match was official for the main event and it was no disqualifications. But for some reason, Kevin Kelly just... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he just stood up, walked over to a camera, got right into the camera, and just started talking. And it would not allow Larry Legend to speak. Like, Larry Legend st- walked forward, grabbed a mic, started speaking, and then stopped to turn around to see that Kevin Kelly was right in front of a camera just blabbing on, saying, Oh, we've got an, we've got an announcement coming up! The- yeah, we could see that, Kevin Kelly. <laughs> He's right in the ring, stood there about to say something, and eventually he got the announcement out. But I just thought that was hilariously awkward. Well, the thing is, Larry Legend goes, We have received like a word on what's going on with the world title. And there will be a ROH World Title match tonight. Kevin Kelly goes, "Who is it?" <laughs> Did you say that? I didn't notice that. And then uh, Larry Legend proceeds to say, "It's a non, it's a uh, no DQ match," and Adam Cole defends his title. Does not mention Roderick Strong. <laughs> and Kevin Kelly magically goes, "Oh, Roderick Strong will get his chance tonight." <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's fantastic. Um, so. Yeah, that, that segment happened later in the night, but after the main Adam Cole promo segment was strong, <laughs> we had a TV title match where Matt Taven successfully defended against Cedric Alexander when he hit his devastating climax finisher, or the STDDT, as we like to call it. Um, sort of while Cedric was still on the outside, so we sort of dragged him through the middle rope and hit it. It was kind of like Orton's DDT using yeah, the ropes, except yeah. with the STDDT. Yeah. Um, we had Truth Martini on commentary for this one, who was fantastic. He called Kevin Kelly a tallywhacker at one point. He also called him Kevin Smelly. And <laughs> he, said, he said Frederick Alexander. He sure did. There we go. That's Truth Martini, everybody. And there was a lot of hoopla here for Matt Taven to retain, but it was still a very good match. I did enjoy this one. I thought the hoopla added to the match. Yeah, it did, actually, because the one of the... Um, What's her name? Casey Ray? Casey Ray. Actually got involved and hit, I don't know what that move's called, on um, onto Cedric at one point. Um, so it's good to see when they get involved and actually start hitting moves on the rest. Yeah, she hit like what looked like a Canadian destroyer, but it went to a power bomb. Yeah, there is a name for that move, but I just cannot remember it off the top of my head. And the reason she got it was because Matt Taven hit a super kick that allowed her to flip into yeah. it, which I thought was really, really cool. That was good. So yeah, this was a really good match, and at this point it was my favourite match of the night by far. And I think this is where, from this match onwards, so what's this, the fourth match, is where this show became really good. Yes, and we have to say, I have to say that Cedric Alexander, I think, is a superstar in the making. I think Definitely, he deserves yes. a single push right now. I think he's getting one soon. There's a lot of speculation about this upcoming CNC title match, and I just hope they capitalise on Cedric now and don't leave it too long, because... Yeah, he's got a hell of a lot of potential, definitely. So, yeah, this is this is this is like the halfway point in the fourth match. So I think this point onwards is where the show became really good because the first three were sort of were all okay, but this yeah, there's nothing uh, bad at all. Yeah, yeah, this is where the show went to the next level, and I think it 
definitely delivered consistently from here on out. Um, so after that match, we then had Kevin Steen versus ACH. And apparently this match was happening because Kevin Steen wanted to shut up ACH in his big mouth. And Kevin Kelly agreed and wanted him to be shut up because he's, quote, very annoying with his big mouth, is what Kevin Kelly said. And this is news to me because what? I don't actually think ACH has done a single promo in Ring of Honor. Why did Kevin Kelly hate ACH so much? I don't know. It was very strange. He wasn't only bad-mouthing him. He was helping Steen throughout the match by hitting him stuff. <laughs> Why did Kevin Kelly even have duct tape on his desk? <laughs> what does he use that for? To use it like to tape his comb over and sort of tape it into place? I don't know. But there are times throughout the match where he'd just start talking to people at like I guess it was like Larry Legend was sitting at a table next to him. He kept on talking to Larry Legend like if I knew he was gonna use the tape, I wouldn't give it to him. I just wouldn't give him the tape. My table I, I, was I, in the way. My table was in the way. Like, yeah, he what, was having what conversations. Even, what does that even mean? It's like that my table was in the way. <laughs> they didn't use the table. Gotta watch that table. He gets very precious over that table. It was like um Hearing someone on the phone when you were just in the room with them, like you can only hear half of the conversation. That's what his commentary was like during this match when he was talking to either Larry Legend or people in the crowd. It was very odd. And there's a lot of times where people would, both ACH and Steam, would just come over and put their headset on and start speaking and doing commentary. And a lot of harassment of Kevin Kelly this evening, which is quite entertaining. Um, so this match was actually, yeah, all jokes aside about. Kevin Kelly and whatnot, which is what we just keep talking about on this podcast. We <laughs> uh, should rename it the Kevin Kelly cast. I think we should. Um, this was a very good match. I enjoyed it. Apart from the silliness of trying to duct tape his mouth shut, I don't know where this big mouth ACH has come from. He's never done a promo before. Um, but yeah, very good match. Um, I really enjoyed it. It made ACH look very good. It was really competitive. It wasn't a squash match whatsoever. And yeah, really good. I recommend you check this one out for sure. I completely agree with everything you just said. I, I think Kevin it. Steen. <laughs> I, I think Kevin Steen got in most of the offense in this match, mm. but I think that it was designed to have ACH have those small comebacks that made him look really resilient, and that he would never give up, and that he did have the heart to keep fighting. And I thought it came across very effective, especially after he kicked out of the original F sync the yeah. first time. Yeah. And it required the package pile driver package pile driver to finally put him away. I, th- I thought this was a very, very good match. Mm. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And it I was just about to say I, I just struggle when a match is really good because I don't really know what to say apart from just watch it. There's not really much you can add really. Um then we had number three in the Jimmy and Jacobs trial series, is that correct? It's close enough to being correct. <laughs> Um, where Michael Bennett defeated Jimmy Jacobs with the power driver. And this one had Maria on commentary, who I thought did quite well. I thought she did a very good job on commentary. She, uh, she got very excited when talking about <laughs> the sound of someone's neck breaking. So if you want to get in there with Maria, there's your chance. Just <laughs> go and break, break somebody's neck. Yeah, or your own. Just the sound will do it. Um, but she had a lot of very good little one-liners in this match. Like Kevin Kelly would say that Jimmy Jacobs can't afford to lose this match. And she'd say, well, Jimmy Jacobs can't afford much, can he? <laughs> and just stuff like that I thought was really funny. She, she of course, got involved at one point, And um, I don't know what Jacobs was trying to do to her. 
but he actually ended up taking a, I don't know what to describe it, the fluffy Furry boot, boot cover. cover thing, and then he wore it for the rest of the match. Um, silly antics aside, I think we we always talk about the silly stuff first. Um, this was a very good match. Once again, another Michael Bennett match where I thoroughly enjoyed it, just like his one with Edwards um, in Hopkins. Yeah, and I agree, I agree, and I like the way these Jimmy Jacobs trial series matches are structured. Because he mm-hmm. always comes out really fast, trying to hit some kind of big moves early, just to get it over with, and make sure he has that roster spot and it earns his title match in mm-hmm. Dearborn, Michigan. And then, of course, Bennett doesn't want that to happen, so he slows it down. Yeah. And then, once he realizes it takes more to put Jacobs away, he goes for his big guns too. And I thought it was a very, a very good story and a well-paced match. And Michael Bennett has been putting on a lot of really good performances lately, and I've been enjoying his work more and more. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, it was good that it really put Jacobs over of how much this series meant because he just kept kicking out of everything. There was a was it a second rope box office smash? There was a TKO he kept kicking out of, and uh, it took the the devastating Mike Bennett power driver to put him away in the end. And yeah, I think it was a, a really good match and another. Good. I've only seen two of the series so far. I think they're the only ones that have been available. Um, and both have been fantastic. So, yeah, it's good to see Jimmy Jacobs back. I'm looking forward to his presumed title match with Cole. I can't see him not winning these next two matches now. Um, so then, this is the last match I saw of the evening. Um, Red Dragon successfully retained their Ring of Honor tag team titles against the team known as... Unbreakable? Will that do? I believe that will do. Um, Jay Lethal and Michael Elgin, even though he's not unbeatable anymore, that old name will have to do. Um, when they hit the chase in the dragon on Lethal, an outlaw ink were at ringside doing shenanigans during the match, and we had Caprice Coleman on commentary, who, who was I think was hungry because he talked about popcorn and he mentioned Snickers twice. He, he likes and- the Snickers. <laughs> And he really thought Michael Elgin was a juggernaut. He thought he was the Incredible Hulk. He was talking about the Avengers, the Avengers yeah. movie. Yeah, you know how he said that the color commentary as a revolving door of wrestlers is a good thing. <laughs> Can we not get Caprice Coleman out there again? I thought he was okay. I the, thought he was. Re- I thought he was Kevin Kelly's level of the, annoying. There were some points where he was trying to make a point about how Red Dragon are a cohesive team and Lethal and Elgin are singles wrestlers. It was earlier on in the match. And he said it in a weird way, but it made a lot of sense. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. And well, he, he repeated everything several times. Mm. He did laugh at Kevin Kelly's hair, though. That's got to be a plus in he his. Did, he did make fun of his supposed toupee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought he was okay. He talk, but he, I think I see your point where he did talk, say the, th- the the same things a lot about how they want this one on one, sorry, two on two, title match against Red Dragon, which they're getting, and that he can't really cheer for either team because no matter who wins, he'll be they will have to face. Yeah, I thought he was all right. I didn't think. I think I think he'll be good if he gets more chances and he kind of understands what works and what doesn't. But yeah, I thought he was rough on this match. Um, but apart from the commentary, which is like. <laughs> What's getting most of our time? <laughs> this was a very good tag team match. Really good. But that's what you'd expect from four guys as talented as this. Um, I think these past few days have given me a, a newfound appreciation for, for Jay Lethal with this match and the TV title match against Taven. And obviously we all know how good Elgin are and Elgin is and Red Dragon. And 
just yeah, fantastic tag, tag team match that I really enjoyed. Um, I don't really know. I know we complain when this match was booked, but I take all of that back now. I agree. The, watching this week's TV show and then watching Charm City Challenge really gave me a new appreciation of just how good Jay Lethal is. Mm. I've always liked him, but watching these two matches made me you know, really become an even bigger fan of his. Everything he just does is just so smooth in the ring. Yeah. But I had to ask you, is Kyle O'Reilly the best heel in Ring of Honor? I don't know who the best... Yeah... Because Haas was always number one heel, wasn't it? We always said. I don't know who it is now. Because be every because everything he does, I just don't like. Everything about his persona just makes you want to see somebody punch him in the face. I love the promos the Red Dragon do on on the TV where they're just wearing these ridiculous outfits. These the ambassador of kick your Aster. Oh god, things like that <laughs> just make just... me hate them so much. Yeah, they they've come along so much as a team. They're both fantastic. Um. I think there's, there's definitely stars, both of them, whether it's as a team or as singles down the line. But for the match, this match, I thought it was a great match. It's, I might say it was my favorite match of the night. Well, I, this is the last one I've seen, so I would say yes, it is. So I haven't seen the main event at this point, but yeah, it's probably the best match that of the night from from what I've seen so far. So, But there was one thing in the match that annoyed me. Let me Kyle guess, it was, it was the green lights that Kyle O'Reilly had. They weren't red. No, 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 no. I, I've come to accept that at this point. I think <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly just might be colorblind. <laughs> and Bobby Fischer just screwed with him. Yeah, there's a red There's a red truck. <laughs> uh, at one point, Kyle O'Reilly had Jay Lethal in an arm bar. Oh, yes. And Michael just cranking Elgin. on it. Michael Elgin, instead of just stomping on <laughs> O'Reilly's yes. face and breaking up, took his time to climb to the top rope. Yeah, and hit a senton off the top as opposed to just doing an angry stomp. But yeah, that's the only nitpicky thing you can say about this match. Apart from that, it was it was fantastic. Um, then we got to our main event, which was for the Ring of Honor World Title, as Adam Cole successfully retained against Roderick Strong in a no DQ match with Kevin Steen on commentary. So as I haven't had time to see this one yet, I've been playing too much Pokemon. Um, I'll go over to you, John. For what, what you thought on the main event. This was probably the tamest no disqualification match I've ever seen. I think there was one shot from the belt. And I don't remember any other weapons being involved. Surely someone went through a table at ringside off the apron. No. Oh, that's interesting. Th- that, that, there's one point where they're teasing it. And Kevin Kelly started yelling at Larry Legend. Move the hammer and the bell! Move the <laughs> hammer and the bell! But uh, but that being said, this was another great match, I think. I think when you watch a match and you know the outcome, mm. and you still get invested in the action, and you still think the near falls are going to change the title, that it makes for a great match. And that's exactly what we got here. There are some points where Strong would hit some kind of combination of the sick kick and gut buster, and I thought the match was over. And then Cole kicked out. And I was like, of course he kicked out. I know he wins. <laughs> then, a couple, then a couple minutes later, he'll do something else. I'm like, Cole's got a tap here. There's no way he can get out of this. Mm. Then he would. And I just thought this, as, as an unannounced match, and that was just basically an added bonus to this card. That's true. It was, yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. I, w- I would definitely recommend watching this. Yeah, I really want to see it. I'm definitely going to watch it tomorrow, so I've seen the full show then. Um, so anything else? How was, I'm assuming Steam was... 
good on commentary. I can't imagine him being bad at that. Yeah, Steen was very good on commentary. I was, I'm trying to remember some of the stuff he said. It was, I, I can't remember anything he said really, but he added, but he didn't really distract my, he didn't distract me whatsoever from the match That's itself. Good. I think good. is the best thing a commentator can do. And then after the match, Steen said he's going to get in the ring and try to prove a point to Adam Cole before their upcoming title match. But he got jumped by Michael Bennett to end the show. There we go. Um, so that wraps up Charm City Challenge, our sort of review rundown of the show. And the show is available on video on demand now, and I'm sure it will come to DVD a few weeks. Normally takes, doesn't it, for the DVD release? So um, overall, I would definitely re- recommend this show. I think this would be a fairly easy recommendation. I mean, I haven't even seen the main event. I've only, I'm just talking about on the the TV title through to the tag title match. Those chunk of four matches that I have seen are worth it alone, in my opinion. And if the main event is good, like John is saying, and I take his word for it, then it's definitely worth it. I, I can't not recommend this show. And it, I definitely enjoyed it more than A New Dawn, I think. This, other than A Night of Poopla, this was the easiest Ring of Honor show to sit through in a long time. Everything yeah. just flowed so well from match to match to segment to match. And it just made it for... It was just a fun show all around. Yeah. I, I definitely would recommend it. Um, How many stars out of five would you give it? What would you, If you were me and you were doing a review, what, what would you give it? Because I've already had my mind made up of what I'm going to give it. Oh, okay. Um, see, for me, like, I would look at the other reviews. So I'm just going to quickly do that now to see what scores other stuff is getting in comparison. Um... See, Death Before Dishonor got a four. What's this better than Death Before Dishonor? That's the thing. No, it can't. Four. That's what I'm going to give. I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, four stars. This is probably the best house show. This is probably the best, like, non-major house show they've done all year. Because, you know, they've had All-Star Extravaganza, and they've had Manhattan Mayhem, which probably might be better than this. Or they're obviously more important than this. Not according to your review scores, John. (laughs) Really? Okay, well, there are obviously shows that are more important than this, if you think about it, right? Yes, this this was a B show. Um, this is it, considering that it had no main event announced, or it had no, sorry, world title match announced ahead of time. Well, this was the best B show they've put on this year. Yeah. They're, they're, this is Night of Hoopla. Can you even class Night of Hoopla as a B show? It is. It is the Night of Hoopla is a lot like us, the A team. That is the A <laughs> show of the year. <laughs> Yeah, I think what we're trying to say in a weird way is it's definitely worth checking out. So if you're not sure which show to get, obviously we've had a new dawn recently. We've had Death for Dishonor. I'd recommend checking this out because unlike Death for Dishonor, where most of that was aired on TV for free, I don't believe any of this will be, unless I'm mistaken. I don't uh, think it, I don't think any of this will be. They said that if Cedric Alexander won yes. the TV title, that'd be on TV. But he didn't, so that won't be on TV. Nope. Um, so yeah, very good show, and I definitely recommend you uh, check it out. So that wraps up our review of Charm City Challenge, and um, there'll be a written one on the rohworld.com website soon. Um, we're now going to move on to the news, which you can always find during the week at rohworld.com. We'll start off the news with some pretty major developments. The first ever Ring of Honor champion announced his retirement via Twitter earlier this week. Loki, who competed in the main event 
of the company's first show, announced his retirement October 14th. Uh, the tweet reads, due to at all Japan underscore PW, which is pretty obvious, the Twitter handle for <laughs> All Japan Pro Wrestling. Well done, yeah. He said, due to at all Japan underscore PW not honoring their contractual <laughs> obligations of medical care after being injured in AJPW, I'm retiring from pro wrestling. And this is comes after he injured his abdominal earlier this year wrestling for the company. This kind of seems completely out of nowhere and a major yeah. overreaction. Is this going to be one of those, oh, I'm not really retiring, I'm all right now, I'm back. Because didn't he retire? I swear he retired last year. Or was going it would, to. It wouldn't surprise me if he did. Yeah, it sounds very reactionary, and I don't know if it's completely genuine. Because a retirement in wrestling is... There's very, very few who actually retire from pro wrestling. Um, yeah, I... It would be sad if oh, sad. I don't actually I haven't seen one of his matches in ages, but he was good from a lot of the stuff I saw of him. So yeah, I don't know what else to say. Johnny, got anything to add? Not really. I, I know that a lot of people he, from what I've heard, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and maybe that's kind of coming back to bite him now. Mm. But yeah, in the early days of Ring of Honor, and then when he was in TNA, and I, I never watched any of his japan stuff but even i forgot he was in wwe everything he did in the ring was always good so i think he could have been an asset to somebody so it's sad to see him step away like this yeah moving on to ring more relevant ring of honor news you you almost had a stroke again last week you struggled at saying i was going to say prelevant then i realized that wasn't the word i was looking (laughs) for so so i changed it to relevant Okay, <laughs> go ahead. So another match has been added to Glory by Honor 12, which takes place October 26th at the Frontier Fieldhouse in Chicago. Outlaw Inc. will take on Adrenaline Rush. This is the team you've got to beat to get a top shot. It Apparently. looks like it, yeah. So, yeah, I'm assuming Outlaw Inc. will win here and then get their top shot at final battle, probably. Um, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll talk about that match later, perhaps, but I'm not too excited about Outlaw Inc.'s title match, if it does happen. Um, yeah, I think that'll be a a, a good match. Um, I don't really know what to say. John, help. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not really overly excited about this either, but it has potential to be something. We'll do a full preview of Glory Banner uh, next week on the podcast. Well, speaking of title matches... CNC Wrestle Factory will get another tag team title shot when they wrestle Red Dragon when Ring of Honor returns to Columbus November 16th. Now is this you know no shenanigans? No scramble matches. This is a straight up 2 on 2 contest. If they lose this, which presumably they will, I can't see them getting the belts here and completely stopping this outlaw ink. Red Dragon feud that's going on. They have to split these guys up, I think, at this point. I think, I think so. I, th- I think that Caprice Coleman will take the fall and Cedric Alexander will be pissed off at it and turn on him. I think the exact opposite will happen. Where really? C- Cedric will take the fall and Caprice will turn on him. I don't think Cedric as a heel will work. I don't think Caprice as a heel would work. <laughs> I keep saying it. You can't boo a preacher. Yeah, we discussed this. Reverend Devon completely invalidates that argument. Everyone booed Reverend Devon. 
Because he's because he was Reverend Devon. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't have to. Kevin Kelly would just tap, have to stop reminding everyone that he's an ordained minister. Well, people will still remember that he is. Kevin Kelly talked about it on the past on Charm City Challenge. How much work he does in the community through his church. That's true. They've kind of made this a big focal point of his character. But I feel like he would be better to carry a heel persona with the mic work and stuff, and it would leave less of the talking to Cedric, who could just sort of come out and beat him up, as opposed to talking. Well, have we ever tried to hear a Cedric Alexander promo? I I don't think we have, actually. He he could be secretly good at him, and we'll just never know. (laughs) I think, I don't know, but I think you're the only one on the forum, or, or the only person I've seen that has suggested... Cedric will be the heel in this. I, I, think, he'd make, I, I think he'd make a very good cocky heel. Mm, I think no. I think Caprice will turn on him because he's the mentor to to Cedric, and he'll get pissed off with the with him that they finally get this title shot and screw it up again. And well, then... see, I, I think it'd work better the other way if Cedric Alexander goes, "You're supposed to be my mentor. You haven't given me anything. Why am I still following you?" That does make sense. What what do you think ROH cast for us? I'm kind of curious here. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, or the forum what who you think, if anyone will will turn on the other in this match, or do you think CNC will will stay together? I'm worried they'll do that, which I think is the worst choice out of this ABC, you know, dilemma they've got here. Um, they definitely need to split them up and lead to a match at final battle. Um. I think either could work. I think it'd be better as Caprice is the heel, but we'll have to agree to disagree, John. I agree that we need to disagree on this. <laughs> speaking uh, speaking of ABC decisions, I finally beat Grand Theft Auto V. You did? What I option did. did you, what option did you pick? I picked option C, much of like course. Austin Aries did. Exactly. Who wouldn't pick option C? Obviously, if you've played Grand Theft Auto and finished it, you'll know what we're talking about. But Did you go with option C? Yeah. It's, why would you... I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's playing the game at the moment, but it, why would you want to pick one of the other ones? The, just the options. Because at first I thought I had to pick one of those two, and I was really bummed out. <laughs> um, what what would you give Grand Theft Auto V overall on the ROH World review scale? I'd give it is a it, 5 out of 5. It is oh. the only Grand Theft Auto game that I've ever beat the story of. Wow. That's good. It says a lot. Um, that would actually rank it better than Night of Hoopla on our ranking system. <laughs> I believe yes, Grand Theft Auto V is the only form of entertainment that was better than Night of Hoopla this year. <laughs> they should put that on the back of the box. Better than Night of Hoopla. <laughs> um, any more news on the uh, this week? That is all the news for this week. It was a very wow. slow news week. Very slow. Luckily, we had those two uh, shows to discuss. So now we're going to move on to the questions and topics that you've sent in. There's several ways that you can send those in. You can tweet us at ROH underscore world on Twitter. You can uh, write a post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ROH world. Or you can go to our forum and post in the RHcast thread. Uh, just go to rohworld.com. So we'll kick things off with Facebook. We have a it's, the, the the intro music is so pointless. 
when you introduce it, play it, and then continue talking afterwards. <laughs> we did that for all the segments, don't we? But, but what I'm saying is, if you introduce it, somebody else should be talking after it. It's kind of pointless to introduce yourself with entrance music. <laughs> well, you, you remember, it used to be Steven. That's where I'd, I'd introduce the segment, play the music, and hand over to Steven, who'd have all the questions. But he's in prison now, so... Unless I hand over to you, do the questions, I don't know. We can't restructure the podcast on the podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll go to, to Facebook first. Uh, James Mitchell says, I don't know, a business manager or something. Um, have a show in Beckley, West Virginia. I'm, I'm assuming that's the state for WV. Is yeah, West Virginia. Is, yeah, that's West Virginia. Is he telling us to do an ROH cast there? I would assume so. What other show would he be telling us to to have in Beckley, West Virginia? If anyone wants know. to pay for my flight, sponsor me. I'll come over for a live podcast in America. No problem. If it has to be specifically in Beckley, West Virginia, then that's what it has to be. If the ROH cast force want it there. Um, Tommy on Facebook says... When will Ring of Honor have a women's championship? Hopefully never. I don't if, think they ever will. If they get a group of talented women, I, I guess so, but the, the, at the rate they're going now, they don't need one. I think two things would have to happen. They'd have to get a group of talented women, like you said, and a extended time slot on TV for it, for the, for it to be feasible to have another championship specific to only the female wrestlers i think so i don't think it's very likely now but maybe in if sbg keeps going the tv show three to five years if the tv show expands to a longer time slot how much more time you think they would need 30 minutes i think it'd have to be a two-hour show you can't have an hour and a half show that's weird i don't think a 90 minute show would be perfect no i think it'd have to expand expand to two hours to to fit in another division. We've talked about oh, this yeah, a lot yeah, on the to, podcast. Yeah, to fit in another division, yes, yes. Um, so that's all the questions on Facebook. We're now going to move on to the forum. And I've accidentally closed the tab off. This is fantastic. Let's uh, stall, John. Well, I mean, what I, what I was saying about the women's wrestlers is that women's wrestling is fine. I just don't think it has its place in Ring of Honor right now because they don't have the women's roster to kind of carry its own division. They would need to reach out, bring in 8 to 10 women to appear consistently on the show, and if they want to build a division, they'll need to bring in, I think, a big-name free agent, like maybe, uh, I can't remember her real name, but the Victoria, a.k.a. Tara, or somebody along those lines to carry the division to make put his name on the map. Mm. So until we get so until that happens, I don't think Ring of Honor really needs the women's division. It's okay having the occasional Women of Honor match until then, though. I I think. Yeah. Um, How was that? That was per- they stored longer than I needed to, so that's perfect. Uh, we have questions from KL underscore our friend in Poland. Still fascinates me that people in Poland listen to this podcast. Um, would you like to see Paul London in Ring of Honor full time? Uh, yeah, if he can still continue to put on the quality of matches that he's been putting on in his last Ring of Honor appearances, I don't see why not. Yeah, I agree. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Paul London prior to his recent appearances, having not seen any of his early Ring of Honor work. So I've been impressed with what I have seen. So 
I wouldn't be against it at all. If you brought Paul Linden back, what would you do with him, though? I'm afraid he'd be kind of stuck yeah, in the same yeah. position as Roderick Strong. He'd just be floater, wouldn't he? Maybe, maybe him and Roderick Strong could, float, could uh, form the floaters tag team. <laughs> but then they'd just be floating in the tag division like CNC are. True, true. Um, yeah, if he was brought... I don't think perhaps... Maybe I don't want to see him brought in full-time because he wouldn't just... He'd just float around doing nothing. Maybe it's better that he's a special attraction type thing. Like we're seeing with Forever Hooligans and, and the Young Bucks. Um, he, he has another question. Do you think Ring of Honor will try again with our pay-per-views? I think eventually, but not in the... I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see another one in the calendar year between now and next Glory by Honor. Maybe Glory by Honor... What was it next year? Be 13? Yeah. Maybe Glory by Honor 13 will be the next iPay-Per-View, but I can't really see one until then. I don't think they'll hold it off that long. I think they'll... I wouldn't be surprised if Final Battle they try it, but free. I think every iPay-Per-View will be free until it works. Until they can prove, hey, look, it works. Give us your money now, sort of thing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on it because they must. They definitely made money doing that because you get the obviously the sales from the people in the venue buying the merchandise, buying the tickets, and then get all the additional sales of it being live. Because I'm sure the the iPay per views sell more than video on demand just because it's live. You don't know what's happening. You're sort of in the conversation on Twitter, etc. So. As a business standpoint, it definitely makes sense, and they're probably trying to find a profitable way of actually streaming these events without them dying. So, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Final Battle 11th anniversary, they try it again to see if this new technology works. They'll come up with some PR about how it's magically better. So, well, if they continue doing the IP reviews for free, for you know, if they do Final Battle, Final Battle for free, and they follow it up with the 12th anniversary show for free. They're losing out on a lot of money they would have gotten if they would have just waited to a video on demand. That's true. Because people would just watch it and then not feel the need to buy it again. That's very true. That is, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe, yeah. Because they're in a weird point where they can't do an iPay view and say $15. I think what they could do is charge $5 for it. I'd be willing to risk $5 on it. Or maybe they could do 15 and have a money back guarantee type scheme where if there is any issues with the stream during the event although the problem is Ring of Honor are terrible at admitting when the stream dies because they just tout stupid stuff instead of addressing the problems so I don't know I thought you say tout like they send out touts yeah they did didn't they do do they well, I, know people actually, I don't know I don't know I didn't know people actually there, used there was definitely a pay-per-view where they did something Maybe it was just a vine. It might have been a vine or some sort of video of just the American Wolves backstage or something while everyone was like, why isn't it working? Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough predicament for them. And unless they invest a lot of money, I don't think iPay views will work because it's definitely in 2013, it's definitely feasible to stream events live without being any issues because I watch a lot of gaming events, sort of conferences and thing, and they get massive numbers and they work perfectly. A lot use YouTube, a lot use third-party things. They work fine. So I think it's just trying to find a solution for Ring of Honor that is affordable, that they can still make a profit with the numbers they get. So who knows what we'll see. Um, KL has a final question. Bobby Fish has yet to be pinned or forced to submit. 
is that going to change a glory by on a 12 this is a fantastic point i never thought of this i hope that he gets eliminated through disqualification that he hits somebody with a chair or something that is one way out of it yeah um obviously unbeatable bobby fish is part of the champions versus all-stars match in the main event of glory by next week um thing is i was thinking that Obviously, someone is going to pin Cole to earn a title shot, presumably Michael Elgin. But that doesn't mean that the All-Stars have to win the match, does it? No, Cole could theoretically be the first person eliminated. And then the champions beat up the All-Stars and win. Kind of wouldn't really make much sense, but it's one way where he, scenario where he wouldn't be pinned or submitted. I, I, I think I agree with John. I think they'll be either in disqualification or a count-out. Uh, that will lead to Bobby Fish being eliminated because they've definitely mentioned that he hasn't been pinned yet on Newswire and on the TV or somehow show, I think it was. Um, so I don't think they're going to throw that away in like a match like this. I hope not. Um, unless perhaps we find out his kryptonite is eight-man tag matches. Jay Lethal's was title matches, so maybe this is Bobby Fish's. Um, we have some from Felker Pat on the forum who says, what non-main event wrestlers do you think could make good ROH world champions eventually? Eventually, I think both AC- members of Red Dragon. ACH? ACH, Caprice Coleman. Caprice Coleman? I wouldn't have said Caprice. I'd say Cedric. Not, that's what I meant. Cedric Alexander. I'm sorry. It's I meant racist. Cedric Alexander. Getting them confused, John. That's offensive. Um... <laughs> I've completely thrown us off there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely Red Dragon. I completely agree with that. Um, who else on sort of the lower card could be potential? I don't know about Silas Young. I think he could be. Does Tommaso Ciampa count of non-main event wrestler? I was going to ask you the same question. Let's he... say no. Just Let's just say no. Okay. If, if you have to think about it, let's just say he is. All right. So yeah, I think, I think ACH, Cedric Alexander, Red Dragon, both of them. Yeah, can't think of anyone else without looking at the roster page. And I'm excited to, for them to get in that position. I think yeah. that could, the, those matches will be a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, he has another question. How popular is Ring of Honor outside of the US? John, I think you're the right guy to ask here. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I'm so well-versed in foreign policies. <laughs> I don't know why foreign policies have anything to do no, no, with, no, with, Ring. with popularity of Ring of Honor. Um, I don't know if it's that popular. I mean, obviously, I live in England. I don't really think it's that popular. I mean, to be honest, I can actually look at our traffic, which is quite a good source of how popular Ring of Honor is in other places. The number one source is America. And then USA. Canada. USA. And then USA. Canada, thirdly followed by the UK. Now, that might just be me checking the forum a lot, or it could genuinely. We don't actually have a lot of British people on the forum, so. And obviously, they have had shows here in the past, so. I think it is mainly in North America, because. I don't wait, you can't even get the show in Canada, though, can you? On TV. I believe, I believe in some places. Hmm. It is available, because I know they don't they have. When they run Toronto, they have the advertisements for the channels. Up oh, here. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I think, obviously, that's where the TV is. So they're going to be more popular there. 
in terms of the UK, I don't think it's massively popular. I think there'll be some fans who are aware of it, but obviously the biggest thing here is TNA and the WWE. So without there being a TV or any sort of UK tours, it's hard for them to get much exposure over here. But based on the traffic, it seems to be relatively popular in the UK. I think that's probably the most where it's most popular outside of, of North America. Um, I know we have fans from all over sort of Europe, don't we, and other places around the world. So I'm sure it's popular in there's probably fans of Ring of Honor everywhere, but I don't think they're in massive numbers anywhere apart from sort of North America. Because if they, for example, were massive in, I don't know, France, they'd probably go and do a show there if the numbers were that good. So I think that's a good indication of where Ring of Honor focused their shows is probably where they're most popular. Um, we have our final questions of the week from DX vs NWO 1994, who says, what's happened to the page? There we go. Are there any wrestlers from Dragon Gate USA or Evolve that you'd like to see in Ring of Honor? I'll go to you for this one, John. There are quite a few wrestlers from Dragon Gate USA or Evolve. I'm not going to count the Dragon Gate wrestlers from Japan. I was going to count count the, I guess, the American wrestlers, as you would say, the the core roster members from America. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the Japanese wrestlers is uh, my area of expertise, so... Yeah, exactly, so I'll, I'll turn to you for that, but... Yeah, the American wrestlers, I'd love to see Anthony Nice, A.R. Fox, Chuck Taylor, I think, could be interesting. Johnny Gargano, I think, is the main person I would love to see in Ring of Honor. I think he is a superstar in the making. I think he's done a great job as the Open the Freedom Gate champion. I think he has... He's already a fantastic wrestler. I think he's only going to continue to get better. Tag teams? Super Smash Brothers. The Hartley uh, Bravado Brothers. And even some more some more singles guys. Rich Swan would be great. And Ricochet. I, I think Giant USA and Evolve has an amazing talent roster that just needs a better platform or a more consistent platform to show off their skills. Because a lot of times, in Dragon Gate USA, it takes a year to get the DVD out, and that's just way too long. Mm. And by the time it comes out, nobody really cares anymore. But they're putting on these great athletic contests that nobody's really getting the chance to see. And I'd love to see them get the chance in Ring of Honor. And his final question is, favorite British wrestlers? Harry, that's kind of, that should be your, your area, <laughs> since you're from there. I'm from there. Now, are we talking all time? Or are we talking wrestlers who currently are in England? Or what's the the criteria here, John? Let's start out with all time and then move to current. <sighs> I don't really know, to be honest. Spud? Oh, I'm not really, no. Spud's all right. He's better than Party Marty. I thought he was dreadful. Um, <laughs> there's, there's actually a wrestler named Party Marty? Yeah, he was in the British boot camp with TNA and Rockstar Spud. We didn't get the British boot camp here because it was the British boot camp. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was all right. It was very, very scripted. Um, of all time, it's got William, William Regal, isn't it? Or the, probably is my all-time favorite British wrestler. Um, in terms Can't of wait now, mm, he's all right. Um, in terms of now, Tiny Iron is... If you haven't seen a Tiny Iron match, just YouTube Tiny Iron rocks dust, but... It, I'm being completely sarcastic. He is absolutely dreadful, but it's just so funny. He's just... If Botchamania was... You know, they always say that, oh, if, if you got a blueprint for a wrestler, this is what it'd be. 
If you got a blueprint for like a botcher mania turned into a wrestler, it would be Tiny Iron. If you, you've just got to see him. I think from from I haven't actually been to many indie shows here in the UK. Um, there's not many near where I live, but names off the top of my head, I quite liked uh, Zack Sabre Jr. at the one of the shows I went to. Um, that's about it. I don't really know much about Brits wrestling. I think Stephen knows more than me, but where he is, is right now, I think he's doing another type of wrestling. So I am shocked and appalled by your lack of mentioning of Rob Terry. Oh God. <laughs> What's the what's the Dewey muscular Welshman? It's Ma- uh, Mason like, Mason Ryan. Mason Ryan. I did a uh, WWE Universe thing where he had somehow become world champion. Oh God! Like within like a month, he was world champion. Is this where you do your Vince Russo books things? No, I, I just simulated everything. And I was like, <laughs> oh what the Hell! But honestly, how did you? Honestly, how did you forget Nigel McGuinness? Oh shit! <laughs> That is terrible. I'm ashamed. That yeah, he is my favorite. How could I completely forget? I've got his like autograph right behind me. We've interviewed him on this show. Yeah, I do apologize. That is terrible. My memory is shocking. Yeah, Nigel McGuinness. Can can we like edit this podcast where when I said Regal, we just dub it over, dub it over with me going Nigel McGuinness. Get like Microsoft Sam Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, why did I not think of that? I don't know. We even talked about him on this very show. We did. God, that's terrible. On that sad note, another awful note to end the show. Let's think. Let's, let's, well, since I ended it on a negative note last week and then came back with some kind of positivity, let's have you end this show on some positivity. <laughs> what did you say last week? I don't know. What did, did... I'm trying to remember what you said. I'm going to reuse that. No, you need to come up with your own original positive send-off for this. In, in, in terms of Ring of Honor? Or... Just in terms of life in general. Okay, well, positive things. It's good and bad. I've got a job in Scotland, in Edinburgh. So I'll be leaving jolly old England and moving to Edinburgh, Scotland. The bad side of this is that I may have to... Oh, I'm standing it on You're the You're ending on negativity. Why did I do the good bit first? Oh, dear. Let's just end this show. This has been episode 109 of the ROH cast. Tune in next week for our preview of Glory by Anna 12. Um, we'll talk about all of the matches, give our infamous predictions that are always 100% accurate. And... Uh, We'll talk about the latest Ring of Honor TV, which... Ah, here we go, John. Some good news. Good positive note. I'm looking forward to the Brutal Burgers versus Team Sexy on Ring of Honor TV this weekend. That should be very, very entertaining. Is that good enough for you, John? Is that positive enough? Yes, that is that is adequate. Considering we're a show that used to feature purely negativity, it's quite odd that we now want to end on a positive note. Um... So there we go. That wraps up the show. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us any feedback online. Um, Thank you to the American Bearded Nightmare for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we will see you all next week for episode 110.